You know, I think about how David said, I once was young, and now am old. Huh? And he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed big bread. We are not forsaken. No matter what the enemy is saying, no matter what you may be even experiencing, it's just to bring us higher. It's just to increase our faith. It's in order to put us I said it wasn't nobody but, but the Lord. Hallelujah. We just got to trust him. We just got to trust him no matter what. Ha! I thank God for his goodness. Let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you right now for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your love. and God, we thank you for salvation. See, the enemy don't mind us coming to church, God. He don't mind us singing and lifting up your name. He just don't want us to live it when we walk out the doors. But God, I say help us. Continue to strengthen us. Continue to order our steps and direct our course to word our mouths, God. Continue to help us to remember that you are with us 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's not just about Sunday morning, but it's a life, it's a living. God, we give to you to help us. Help us, Lord, in every circumstance, in every situation, on every day that you give us breath to give you praise. To remember it's only because of you that we are still in the land of the living. It's only because of you, God, that we have a hope beyond what we see, beyond what we feel, beyond what we hear in this present life. Because our hope is in you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated, amen. Aren't you glad you're living for more than just the natural? <laughs> more than just what we can see or acquire in, in this flesh and in this, this world. We're, we're, we're living for something so much greater that's on the horizon, amen. If we just keep on holding on and trusting him and believing him and saying no to this flesh and yes to the Lord. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Say yes to his yes. Because his mercies are new. Amen. And he wants to bless us on every hand if we just trust him. He wants to show himself strong over and over and over again if we just believe him. Standing on his word and watching and seeing, amen. Allowing the Lord to take your life and turn it into a testimony to his glory. But in order for it to be a testimony, you got to be prepared what? To go through the test. <laughs> amen. And sometimes we don't want to go through the test, amen. But it's just like anything else in life. Amen. You got to go through the test in order to get the degree. You got to go through the test 
in order to graduate. You got to go through the test of this life, laying down this flesh, laying it aside in order to receive the glory that God has for our lives. Amen. And the eternity that he has laid up in store for those that love him. The call, the Bible says, according to what? His purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not my purpose. His purpose. Not how I feel about it. His purpose. His timing. Hallelujah. So we thank the Lord. I'm not up here to preach this morning just to welcome you. We got any first time guests in the house. First time here. Hallelujah. Amen. So we got to do some evangelizing. Amen. Some witnessing. Some inviting. Amen. Also, we thank God to see our dear sister, Naisha, here with us. Just popped on in. Amen. It's good to see Sister Crystal in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. We thank the Lord. Amen. And I'm looking over here. Amen. I see Sharita's mother sitting here with her. We welcome you to Oak Harbor. Amen. To our service. Amen. Glad to have you here. Amen. We just thank God for all that he's doing. We get ready for the word this morning. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? <laughs> amen. So we go. Amen. No way. Before we do that, we got a presentation. I almost, I almost forgot myself. I left my program down there. Amen. So I'm gonna turn it. I'm gonna get out the way and turn it over. Amen. To our presentation coming from our. You got it. You got. It? Oh, Amari's gonna come first. Amen. Uh, this this young man been working on something for us for a while, y'all. Amen. And uh, he said he sent it to me the other day. And I want y'all to be ready to hear what the Lord has placed in this young man's heart. Amen. You know, God has called in our young people. He's stirring them. Amen. And we need to.
and he knows my name. Everybody say, he knows my name. He knows my name. I'm going to play the video at the end, Robert. Okay. I'm just, I'm still standing. But by the grace of God, I'm still talking. I'm still moving. I'm still thinking. I said I'm still thinking. Y'all don't y'all might not even get a clue of what I'm saying, but this morning I'm still thinking. About a week and a half ago, they were telling me the things to do that I thought I was doing, but I wasn't doing. I was looking into the nurse and doctor's faces that was looking at me strange, telling me to do things that my mind couldn't get out. It just couldn't come out. Telling me to write things and circle things that I actually thought I was doing, but I couldn't do it. Oh, guys, we better be grateful this morning. Today, I'm supposed to be in a rehab. They're very upset. They wanted me to go straight from the hospital to a rehab. I wasn't supposed to be here this morning. I'm supposed to be in a rehab. Them telling me that they didn't know when my leg was going to come back, when I was going to be able to walk. I, I remember sitting in the bed and the, and the lady saying, raise your leg. And you guys, I thought my leg was raised. And she said, no, raise your leg. I am raising my leg. She said, raise your leg. I thought my leg was raised. I looked down and my foot and everything was still down. I was sent home with a walker. I'm going to scare my husband. I got up and down. I couldn't walk up my steps. And she said, I remember thinking to myself, Lord, Lord. Everything they were telling me was in my head, but I couldn't make it come forth. But I'm still standing. They told me, you know, they told me that I was driving, you guys. I was driving and already had the stroke and the heart attack. I drove to three different stores, standing in a store, looking at some balloons for Sarita. Said, I got to get these balloons because I got to be something here when she gets here. Standing there, don't know why I'm just still standing there going, why am I standing here? You guys, I couldn't do this in the hospital. I couldn't raise my hand in the hospital. I couldn't feel anything in my hands. 
but I'm still standing. But by the grace of God. They told me that I had, if I had it from the time that you have a heart attack or stroke, so many hours before all, you know, there's so much damage. You guys, I talk about been driving, got up to the church probably about three o'clock, didn't go to the hospital until the next morning. We're talking about some hours. We're talking about more. I remember standing there and they're asking me what today was. What? <laughs> by the grace of God, you guys. We're standing here by the grace of God and we're just one breath away. Breath away. All God has to do is just close one eye. And all of us, all of us, all of us, all he has to do is close one eye, y'all. And what we think is so normal would not be normal anymore. This morning, you know, I just want to run, but <laughs> I'm doing, I'm being obedient, okay? <laughs> I don't want y'all to get so stuck up on if I'm going to fall. But I do want you to know this morning, I know this, that whether I stand or fall, God is for me. And he's on my side. He surrounded me, you guys, with so much love of God. From, I want you guys to, to understand this because there is something God has been dealing with me with. And so I stand up here in my strength, I mean in my human, humanness. A little nervous, and I'm not ashamed to tell you guys that. A little bit like I've walked down on this leg this whole week, and my husband tell you that my leg would go like this and just go out. And so after you've had that so much, then the enemy tries to say when you step down again, it's going to go out. But you guys, if I go out, just pick me up this morning, all right? And we're going to still praise the Lord. Yeah. All right? Because I'm determined to use this whole body <laughs> to serve my God. I'm determined to use this whole body to lift him up. Because he's been so, so very good to me. Surrounding me with nurses. Surrounding me with doctors that came in and would pray. I'd been, I'd been stuck so many times they couldn't find my veins and Stuck so many times, I was just like, God, please. And me and my husband were sitting there, and the lady came in, and they had to keep going, get someone else, keep going. Get, there was 13 times in one time I was stuck. And we said, not no more. <laughs> we, we about to pray for you. And the lady said, you're going to pray. She prayed with us. And we said, in the name of Jesus... You gonna get this. Yeah. Not enough. And do you know in the name of Jesus? Yeah. That lady took that thing and went straight in after yeah. so many others that came in. Just thanking God because they came and asked me the question of if I, you know, how do you say it, Pastor, if you to be resuscitated. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. And so they came in to say, you know, you know, if something happens while you're laying here and you need to be resuscitated, <laughs> what do you want? And I was just kind of sitting there, another fog brain. I'm, I'm so glad that when fall comes, God is still there. Yes, 
So I'm sitting there kind of like, what is she talking about? You know, my mind's like, what is she talking about? And she said, what do you want? What do you want? And I, I couldn't really right then understand what all she was saying. And all I knew was what I wanted you to pray. <laughs> That's what I want you to do. I want you to pray. And she said, oh, okay, I got that. I'll do that. And I thank God because I don't care what comes into our life as long as we have Jesus Christ. He is there. He is with me. I'm standing here. I can't, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I can't even hardly believe in myself. I want to be honest with you guys. I can't hardly believe I'm standing on these steps myself. From how my leg went out, from the deadness of this side, from the heart. I can't believe I'm talking. Do you guys, and look at this miracle. Everything went dead all the way up to right under my lip. And I thought about, yeah. Because enemy can't stop what God has ordained. And I'm so glad to be here this morning. I'm so glad. And this morning, I just, God's been dealing with me something. So y'all just sit down really quick because I want to get to what God wants. I want to, you know, right now I want to run. I want to shout. I want to scream. I want to do all these things. But God said, get to the word. Okay, so here we go. God's been dealing. When I came home, I was sitting in, in, in my living room. And all while I was in the hospital, I, I just talked to God, talked to God. And I'm going to get to prayer, you guys. I didn't forget it. Um, I, I was just talking to God. And he, I just began to see his people. And I began to pray for the people of God. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in this world today. But the fact, that, the fact is, is that the light has to shine. And that the enemy is coming to put out the light. We see fear factors. We see all kind of things going on in this world today. We see everything's making us go, what, what? And it's making the people of God go, what, 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 what? And us afraid. And, and God was letting me know that it's okay. And so the thing was, I was sitting there and I was like thinking about Jesus and how he handled stuff and how sometimes we're in a dilemma because we handle stuff like we're divine. Christians want to be divine. And as I was, and you'll get, I'm going to get to it and you're going to understand in a minute. And because of that, there's a great struggle in our life because we want to act like we're divine. When I was in the hospital, there were so many moments that I wasn't divine. Because I'm not divine. Okay? But there's so many moments where I tried to be stoic, but I was scared as heck. There were so many moments that I was like about to lose my mind because I was so afraid. There's a moment when I had to go to get the the brain scan for my brain, and I don't like being in tight places. I'm not divine. I don't like being in tight places. And so when I'm in tight places, there's a panic that comes over me. Well, more so this time was because they put this, this cage over my face. Now, I've been in the tube, but not ever having that cage over my face. 
So they put the cage and a towel, a towel over my face, a cage over my face, and a tube around me. When I went there, when they took me down, I had already kind of prepared myself for an MRI that I knew about just going through the tube with my, my husband usually goes with me with my head out and I can see my husband over my head and I can pray the Lord's prayer and the Lord is my shepherd and I can make it. But when I got through this one and they actually was putting my head through the tube and they put the cage around my, the towel over my eyes, the cage over my face, a panic seized me, like panic, like sheer sheer panic. My heart was beating so fast. I, I just, and my husband was standing there. And so the first time they took me down, I said, I can't do it. I sat there. I can't do it. And then the more I said, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't, I can't do it. And the, there was a lady, a most awesome woman. And what she did was so something I want y'all to understand. She was relatable. And I was sitting there and she came up to me and she, she said, we're going to try this. And I tried and I said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And she, she came and she walked up to me and she goes, honey, let me tell you, I know exactly what you feel. Now, this wasn't just an exactly like people go, honey, I know what you feel. But they've never been there before. But she said, every time I go through this, she said, I feel the same way. She, she described it all to me. She said, you're feeling that cage. She said, you're feeling the tomb line. She said, I know exactly what you've, and uh, you know, as she's talking, I'm just like, she said, I've been in here and, and I know that sense of you can't breathe. I know that and as she's talking, she's relatable. And so the relation to no, her knowing that calmed me down, but it didn't make me go through that too. Okay. I want y'all to know it. So what she did next was she said, Honey, what type of music do you like? And so I said, gospel music. And she said, what would, you, what would you like me to play? And I said, well, one of my favorite songs is C.C. Winans, I Believe. Uh-huh. Believe that one? And she goes, oh, my God. She said, that's my favorite song, too. She says, we believe. She said, yes. We, okay. <laughs> come on, come on. She was, right. and. And, and somebody's looking at me, and they told me not to get too animated up here, but I'm just going to let God use me. So she said, um, I said, yes, okay, let me try it. So I went in, but I didn't make it. I heard I believe a little bit, but it, it didn't quite resonate all the way. I was... See, you know, we, see, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to something because some, some of us don't like to admit this because we want to be stoic and we, I was scared. Okay. And I went through there and I I heard CC and I hear you believe and you believe, but I'm not believing this right now. Take me out. I just take me out. So we literally had to forego that and come back the next day. Well, between that day and that night, and me and Jesus, and us talking, and God, me Lord, you're going to have to help me because I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not your um, stoic Christian today. Uh, y'all hear all these words. I'm not, I'm not her right now. I'm your little girl. <laughs> and Daddy, I'm scared. 
And all of a sudden, you know, it, I just start praying and I said, God, show me what to do. Because they had to have this test to see if there was a blood clot on my brain. So they had to have the test. So I was like, okay, God, show me what to do. So that next day he said, now, when you go down with your husband, you go down and you just, you believe that I'm in there with you. He, God didn't try to make me feel like it was going to take any of that away. He just said, I'm with you. He didn't, he didn't let it feel like when you go through there, it's going to be different. You're not going to just, just, you know how people say, pretend you're not like in a tomb, pretend you're not feeling suffocated. I'm suffocating them. I'm in a tomb. And God said, but I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, this is what I need you to rest upon. I'm with you. So I went through that one, you guys. And when I got in there, Pastor Dave was holding my hand, and God knows I was so glad he was with me. But that still wasn't enough, you guys. I need y'all to understand that. There's times that husband, wife, kids went through there. I was laying there hard, and I could hear God say, I'm with you. I heard Cece, but I heard God, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like you said, 20 minutes, you guys, and I'm, I'm telling you, he was with me. And, and, and then the, another scare came up, probably about 19 minutes in, and I was like, God, if you don't do something really, really, really quick, because I'm about to go crazy. And right then, the lady says, it's over. And God had been with me. And I want y'all, you know, I was thinking about how I would want the church to see their pastor acting. I said, man, Lord, they wouldn't want to see me going in here all week like this, crying like a baby. God said, it's okay. God said, it's okay. And so I'm going to get to this is he gave me this thought, and then my husband came. I was sitting in the living room last Sunday, and I was thinking about how we all try to perpetrate, all try to be so stoic, all try to be so happy, all try to be in all situations, this outer thing. We want to, people to look at this outer thing as if it's got it all together. And as I was sitting there, I heard God say, why don't you just be human like Jesus? And it kind of caught me there for a minute because I was like, be human like Jesus? Why don't you? Because we want to be divine like Jesus. But we want to be divine like him. We, we want to go through everything stoically, but it's, but it's a trick of the enemy because we look in the Bible and we see that Jesus wept. We see that Jesus, it said he was in anguish. It said he was sweating blood and tears. It says he was saying, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? It showed the humanity. And God said, why did Jesus do that? To let us know it's okay. And so as I was sitting there thinking about it, my husband had sent me a, a song. And I'm sitting there thinking about this, and I go to hit, and, and it's very rarely my husband sings me, sends me a song. So I knew, wait a minute, this something, something, God, this is straight down low from God. And my husband sent me this song, and I want you guys, can they play it now? Or is that going to play it now? I want y'all to listen, close your eyes, and listen, okay? Close everyone, please, close your eyes, get in that 
God place, okay? Let this bless you. I pray it blesses you.
Thank you, God. a blessed song to me um, as I heard this song I pray that um, I pray it ministers to you the song as we go into the word but it's okay to not be okay it's okay you know I was writing to church and as I was writing I was talking to my husband I heard the Holy Spirit say that God's people don't like, just like uh, people that are on weed. Well, my husband was on weed so and smoked dope. So this is how I know these things, okay? So you want to know. Okay, so, you know, his his friends and stuff, I, they would get together and get high. And, and, like, somebody might come and get serious or me get serious, like get up all these beer cans and stuff. You get, And they would say, I bust their high or I blew their high. Okay, and when it reminded me of that this morning, I said, babe, what does that mean? You know, when somebody says it blew your high and he said that it, it means that you they were high. And now you come in and you bring them back to reality. They <laughs> they were in this place that the high got them calm or into. But now you bring them back to reality. OK, you when people they want to be level, they want to be mellowed out. Why are you going to come in and, and, and bust my high or blow my high? Well, he said, sometimes that's God's people. We want to sing, down, dance, shout, run. But we don't like to see people cry. <laughs> we don't like to see people sad. We don't like to see people that, that are going through things because why you got to be all sad all the time? Why you got to be, right? Because it, it, it busts our high, okay? Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking re reality here, okay? This, uh, well, God's talking reality here. Um, you know, when we're happy, we're happy. When other people are not happy, we're just like, you know, some people say, you know, you're messing up with my, you know, you're messing with my energy. Your your vibe is is messing up my my energy. You know, I, I'm hearing a lot of that nowadays. You you messing with my energy. When you come around, you just I don't need to be around people that's gonna mess with my energy. Okay, that they're gonna mess up my vibe with your negative stuff. You're gonna mess up my vibe with your talking about sickness. You're gonna mess up with your my vibe talking about all the stuff that's going on in your house, your family, your marriage. I just want to be happy, 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 joy, joy, joy. But the, re the reality is, is that life is full of trouble. It's full of trouble. And the only high that you can go through life with really is Jesus. And so God was just letting me know that 
is like there uh there was a thing that's been on um facebook when i looked and this is the second time i've seen it and it just popped out at me and it says i'm exhausted by strength it went on to say i'm exhausted by strength i want support i want softness i want to be amongst kin not patted on the back for how well I take a hit or for how many. When I read that, second time I read that, the Holy Spirit hit me again. There's a lot of Christians exhausted by strength. Now, I want us to get what God's trying to tell us this morning. He sees and he knows. But it's the strength that you're trying to portray and walk in, that I'm trying to portray and walk in, that's exhausting you. God said, his yoke, easy. His burden, light let's go back his yoke is easy and his burdens are light now i want to i want us to get when i went back to it's okay it's okay to say i'm exhausted but god wants us to know where we're taking that exhaustion to. And one of the things that I saw that day is that there's an enemy out there that has stole the true power from us. Many times we're exhausted, but we don't want people to take us to Christ. Because we think he did something that has us in that circumstance. How can you go to the one that's going to give you strength if you've lost faith in the one who gives you strength? How can you go to the one who has all the strength for you when you stop believing or think he's unfair in what you're going through? Let's be human like Jesus. Let's start with this. Philippians 2 and 7, it says, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. In the Amplified Bible, in that same chapter, it says this, Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant slave in that he became like men and was born a human being. You know, because some people like say, of course, Jesus could do that. He was God. But what he's saying here is that Jesus stripped himself of all those things and became a human being. All right. It says in the message, he had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. 
when the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. I thought about this in all our heroes. Wonder Woman's one of my favorite. In all of our heroes, they don an outfit, okay? They have an outfit, a mask, a cape, or something that they put on to show their wonder or their strength. But the thing that our God chose to show his wonder and his strength was this flesh. He didn't put on a mask. He didn't put on a cape. He didn't put on a suit, you know, like one of those suits that has all the gadgets in it. He put on this same thing that we are in. He put on this flesh. Think about that. So that he can identify with us, so that he can relate with us. He put on this same thing. If he had came in his divinity, of course, we wouldn't have seen him because that would have been a spirit. Second of all, we would have said, of course, that's why you can do it. But he came in what we walk in. Come on, think about this. He came in what we walk in so that he can show us how to walk in the very thing that we have to walk in every day, right? He came in the human form to show us how to walk it out in human form. Sometimes we, it is hard, but we forget that Jesus wanted to show us how, and it's how to walk it out with this flesh on us. The same flesh that we're walking in, Jesus walked in, okay? And it says this, In Hebrews 4 and 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses. Now, here's a hint for us as Christians. When we go in with other people, God says that we should be able, he's going to give us through discernment, through the same thing, understanding. (laughs) And, 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 And I've seen this in my life, that place you don't understand that place you judge, that place that you think, what, why are they acting like that? I don't see, uh, just keep, keep living. That's what my mama would always say, keep living, okay? And you, you'll learn, okay? And sympathize. Sometimes we have no sympathy. God said, and sympathize. Sometimes we're like, get over it. Get over it. And I'm going to say something this morning because I know that we all have said it. Toughen up, buttercup. We're going to learn something this morning and sympathize and have a shared feeling, a shared feeling, because a lot of things that we say toughen up buttercup to is things that we're not going through at that moment. So easy for me to say toughen up buttercup when I'm not feeling it, when it's not bothering me, when it's not. But when it's bothering me, you know, we, we've seen it. One person in the house can be sick and, and, and everybody wants that person to get well. But the, have husbands, wives, have y'all seen that? Y'all don't want to say it. But when, when, when you have so much understanding for when you're going through something, but when somebody else, get up. Come on, get out the bed. Get over it, okay? Because we're not going through it. Now, we call it kind of like motivating or are provoking to a good work, okay? 
but we got to really check our motives, our, our hearts with that, okay? Have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. It says our high priest have went through everything that we went through, yet without sinning. So we, f- we find this hum- humanity is that he's went through everything that we went through, but then there's this caveat that's put on the end, yet without sinning. That's the part we go, well, how are we going to do that? How are we going to go through all this stuff, yet without sinning? In the message, it says we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. Sometimes we got to get in touch with reality to have the compassion that Jesus Christ has. Or else we, we can be most uncompassionate people until we get in touch with reality. Yeah. <laughs> hurt hurts, right? Hurt. hurt hurts. He's been through weaknesses and testings, experienced it all, all but the sin. In Hebrews 2 and 17, it says, so it is evident that it was essential that, and we're going to follow these scriptures because these scriptures are going to just tell us the story. So it is evident that he was essential, that it was essential that he be made like his brethren. We are his brethren. We have a big brother, and the Bible calls him Jesus Christ. He was made like us, all right, in every respect, in order that he might become a merciful sympathetic and faithful high priest he was made like us in every respect so that he becomes aren't you more sympathetic in areas that god has let you go through you're more so there's some things that god's had to make us because be made or else we be people all just looking at people like what's your problem why you go no but god has to take us through things so that we can be sympathetic with our brethren and faithful high priest in the things related to god to make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins that's in the message bible says that's why he had to enter into every detail of human life aren't you so glad for jesus he entered into every detail of human life Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself, all the pain, all the testing. Look at that. And would be able to help where help was needed. Like when he comes before God, he don't come before God saying them people down there. I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know why they go through. I don't know why they don't just grow up. I don't know why they just don't get over it. I don't know. Jesus doesn't do that. We do that, but Jesus doesn't do that. When he goes, because he was in the flesh, because he saw what we went through, because he became relatable, when he goes and stands before the Father, he is standing for our help. And he's going to bring help to where it is needed in each situation. Now it says this, he was in Isaiah 53 and 3, it says this, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains. And you guys, I'm so sorry I didn't let the kids go, but please, I I need the kids to get this this morning. Mamas and daddies, I need you to let the kids know it's okay. They're human. Because sometimes we put it on the kids that, you know, uh, growing up, quit your crying, boy. Be a man. Quit your doing all that. Mm -mm. It's okay. 
It's okay. We're, we're, we, we, get, we get afraid of emotions. We're afraid of feelings. But emotions aren't from the devil. Our feelings are not from the devil. God gave us feelings. Do you understand? And he gave us emotions that are indicators of things that's going on within us. The thing is, we don't let the feelings and emotions master us. We're supposed to master those things. When we do it the opposite way is when it's wrong, okay? He was despised, and we, and, and I love this part. It says he was a man of sorrows and pain, our Jesus. What you go through, our Jesus went through. He was a man of sorrows. It didn't just say one sorrow. And it didn't just say one pain. <laughs> it's the sorrows. I mean, you know how you say to the left, to the right, man, I'm just getting punched over and over. When is it ever going to stop? Well, our Jesus says, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was acquainted with sorrows and pains. I, and it says acquainted with grief and sicknesses. He says, I came into this humanity and I was acquainted with grief. You know, grief is just going around and around and around. You guys, let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for people that die. My, my sister just um, talked to me about a, a worship leader that just um, died at their church of COVID. Five children. Come on. There's grief. That's a whole family. Okay. Grief is. And, 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 and what we do is we get mad at God about this. And that's why we can't go back to him because we're mad at him. And we're saying, God, you should be doing something. God, all this grief down here, all this death down here, all this dying down here. And God said, all this sin down here. If it hadn't been for sin, none of this would be here. And even though we're mad at God, we keep sinning. The main thing that's causing everything we keep doing. And God is saying, come on, wake up. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let the enemy take your trust away from me. Instead, plant your heart in my word and realize the wages of sin is death. Is death. And I done told you it is death. And as long as man keeps sinning, the environment, people, everything is going to die. And I'm not going to magically come and go against my word when my word lets you know if you touch that, you'll die. <laughs> but we keep touching it and get mad at God because we die. That's the whole enemy's plan is to steal our trust from God. A God who told you not to touch it. He was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. What, it said this, and like one from whom men hide their face. I want you to, if you could put that up there, that part, that, like one from whom men hide their faces. You know why they hide faces? People wanted Jesus. We don't like when Christianity doesn't fit in our nice glory box. All right. We don't like when Christianity doesn't mean that we're not always well. We don't have the biggest house on the block. We don't have the number uno family and the greatest kid. That doesn't fit in the box 
that we say that means that I'm a good Christian. That means that, that we don't like that. That makes us nervous. It makes us scared. It, it makes us like repulsed. Well, that's what that was about poor Judas. He didn't like the fact that that, that salvation means up on a cross, blood, piercing your side, nails it. That didn't fit the pretty picture. God told me this morning, strength isn't always pretty. We don't like that. That doesn't fit into our box. They would have rather Jesus came with his robe on, walking through, through Jerusalem, saying, die, Romans, die. And they all fell dead. And so the Christian could say, that's our Savior. That's our Savior. That's our Lord. Look what he did. He killed all of our enemies. Look, that fits the picture. But to get up on a cross and let the Romans, the very ones we hate, crucify you, that doesn't fit the picture. We get repulsed by things that we think are weak. And that's why we get scared when someone walks in the house of God and they're crying. They're sad. It messes with our high. <laughs> it, it blows my high. My high is that we should all be dancing and shouting and jumping and running. And we get nervous about it. What, 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 what? That's not the picture. That, that's not the picture that I want to see. I don't want to see sad people. I don't want to see hurting people. I want to see victorious people. I want people that are stoic. I want people that are standing. I want stoic on the outside don't mean you're stoic on the inside. <laughs> We've all learned how to pretend. We've all learned how to put on the Wonder Woman cape. <laughs> We've all learned how to be Superman in front of people and go home and be Clark Kent. We've all learned how to do this. But God wants us to know it's okay. <laughs> What would be the whole purpose to come unto him if he said, he said the well need no doctor. They don't need a physician. The problem is, is we don't want to admit we're sick. I don't dare want you to know, Kanisha, that in this area I'm weak. I don't dare want you to know that I don't have it all together. I don't dare want you to know that I'm overwhelmed and I'm, trick of the enemy to make us walk around and act like we don't need anything or anybody and we can do it all by ourselves and we got it. It's a trick of the enemy. I need thee, Lord. Lord. Oh, how I need thee every hour, every second. I need thee. I need thee. And the moment I think I don't need you, <laughs> it's the moment I've really fooled myself. And the message Bible says he was looked down and passed over a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, the, thought he was scum. He was not what they expected. A carpenter's son, 
can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It didn't fit their picture. Jesus didn't come to fit their picture. And we need to remember that. In Zechariah 4 and 6, it says this. Then he said to me, the addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive tree, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. What we're trying to do? Go back to the statement, I'm exhausted by strength. And God comes back and says, yes, you are. In your own strength, in your own proving, in your own trying, you're exhausted by strength. But he said, not by might, not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, by my spirit, you guys, not by our might. We keep trying to do things and we might say, I'm not doing it in my might. Yes, you are, because God's letting us know that through the spirit it's easier. But when I try to do it in this flesh or by my might or by my strength, it's exhausting. When I try to do it to prove something to you or or, or to try to show something about me, God said, yes, you're you're exhausted because of how you do. Jesus said, what did he say? Jesus went throngs of people. You know, sometimes I'm like, I am so exhausted. I'm so tired, Lord. I don't see how these pastors that have these big congregations do it. What did God say? No, I, see, I'm saying it because it's real deal. These are the things that, you know, people want to feel like the pastors, they can handle, they can't handle nothing without Christ. It would be exhausting if they tried to handle it on their own, you guys. It's only by his spirit because on our own is when I start worrying about you and I start, that's on my own. By the spirit, the spirit says, believe in the seed. Did y'all just hear what I said? See, see, this is what the Lord showed me while I was in the hospital because you know what? Pastor Lynn had been doing a lot of worrying. And the Lord said, not just your kids, not just your natural kids, but your spiritual kids. Believe in the seed. Believe in the seed. Because it, not by might, what you going to do? What, nor by, what you going to do? You know, because I want to help some of y'all out. So sometimes I'm just like constantly thinking about, okay, what word can I get to somebody? Oh, what word can I get over here? What can I, and, and, and I'm up for hours looking for this perfect word that to get to God's people that some of them ain't even reading or thinking about looking up a word. But I'm sitting up there trying, trying because, go, oh, God, please do not let them go. And God said, go to bed. Go to bed. Hallelujah. And I'm thinking by some might or power or something that I've done that lifted you and, and God has said, go to bed. All right, That's what he told me in the hospital. I need you to go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> I'm the one that neither slumbers nor sleep. You go to bed. On, you believe in what I said. If they, need, if they don't get a word from you and that turns them away, then I got work to do still in them, not you. No, he worked on me up in that hospital, y'all. He worked on me. And I'm thanking God for working on me because you know what? I got some things that God told me I need to get do. He told me that he gave me things that he's told me to do. I got to get them done and I can't be worried and letting the enemy take me out early. Come on. 
I'm exhausted by strength, my strength. He said, are we trying so hard to stand strong before man that we forget we can fall before God? Now, I'm just writing. These are things God's just telling me in the midnight hour. We want to stand so strong before men that we forget we can fall before God. Before man, I want to look. Before, but I can fall before God. I can literally just come and fall out. I can kick. I can fall. I can cry. I can snot. I don't have to do any perpetrating. I, but do you know why we do that? Because we equate God to man. And so I believe that if you see me in a weak area, you're going to think me a weak person. And so then I got to come to you in all my strength. But then what we do is we transpose that 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 wrong thinking in our relationship with God. And so then we come before God the same way and we stand before God and instead of saying, God, I'm done, I'm through, I'm overwhelmed, I'm out, I can't do no more. We come before him when he said, cast all your cares, we're casting all our strength. I'm I'm good. Um, Just like we do people, I'm good, I'm fine. God, if you just did that, if you just took her out of the way and if you just took him out of the way, but I'm fine. I got it. I got this, Lord. That's how we come before. I got this, Lord. And God is saying we're coming to before him the same way in our strength, in our might, instead of coming before him and falling down like Jesus showed us to do in all the anguish that he did in that garden. He cried and he sweated and he says, I don't want to go through this. If it be possible, let this be gone. If it be possible, get Robert out of my life. See, somebody right there said, don't say that to Jesus. Why not? He already knows your thought. That's right. He already knows you. He said, cast that upon him so that he can take care of that, so that he can change your heart, so that he can strengthen you. But we hold those things back. I'm good. I'm fine. I got this. Until we crash and we burn, and God is saying we're trying to be self-sufficient. In this world, that's the climate. To be self-sufficient and independent, it makes you seem strong. But look it, I can't move, I can't breathe, I can't live without him. I'm so dependent on God, if he moves one hair, I'm on the floor. And we've got to get to a place where we're unapologetically dependent upon the Lord. We're not ashamed to say I depend on him for everything, every thought, every movement, every care, every decision. I depend upon the Lord. If we don't get there, we're going to pretend like we got it. I got it. There are certain things we're going to give to God and certain things we're going to be ashamed of to give to God. Like that little kid, you know, when you're small, you're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Then, as, you know, we're like, Mommy, help me. Daddy, help me. I can't do it. But as we get bigger, we start hiding things that we can't do. They're going to be disappointed. They're going to, they're going to wonder why I can't do this. I mean, but God says that's not the way. We should be free to come to God and say, God, I can't do it. I did it yesterday, but I can't do it today. 
I loved her yesterday, but today is really, really hard. God, I can't even stand her today. Come on, those things that we, come on, these are the things that kill us. It's not the sweet things you're telling Jesus. It's the ooky things you're hiding from him or think you're hiding from him. God wants it all. And he said, it's okay to not be okay as long as you know where to take your not okay. See, sometimes we take our not okay to, to the wrong people. Sometimes we take it to man. And man in his bed. Let me tell you, this is what I've learned. Take me to Jesus. You don't remember how that, that song, Take Me to the King? I don't have much to bring. It didn't say, take me to me. It said, take me to the king. And a lot of times what we'll say is, I don't want a word. I don't want a word from God. I, I want you to, I, I can't identify with you. Now, let me understand, let's understand what I'm saying. I can relate to a certain degree what you're going through. Certain. I don't care if anybody says, I've been there before. I've been, it ain't your story. It's, it's your story. Do you understand? There are certain aspects I can tell you, but I can't totally relate to how you're taking it, how it's affecting your heart. I need to take you to the king. And what we're doing as Christians, we're falling into this, this, this thing that uh, don't, don't go up and give anybody a word. You know what? You need to just relate to them. You just need to, to st- don't No, I'm taking you to the king. I don't have enough nothing in me to help you get anywhere. And anything that did help you get anywhere from me, it came from the king in the first place. Because it said every good thing come from the father of lights not from me and so what we've got to get is stop being disappointed in God so that when once somebody tries to take us to God we can get there and get what he has for us God said the enemy's affecting our trust he's affecting our trust in him and so when we hear a God word we sometimes we're like it hits up, why is it? It's hitting up against that flesh that knows that the spirit man needs to be fed something to get out of that trap that the enemy has just put you in. And we need to hear it. We need to love our God so much. Well, there is no other way out. What did God say? There's no other way out. There's no, Linda's going to get me out. Pastor David's going to get me out. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. There is no other way. And if people are trying to bring you to themselves, you need to say, cut it out. Take me to the king. I don't need none of your mud up in this. Take me to the king. All right? As much as I try, there'll be some mud up in there. Because there's be some times that God has told me to say, uh, you know, get over it. Come on, let's walk. Uh, come on, baby. That's mud. All right, all right. That's mud. So I need to just get you to the king right. so he can tell you what you need right. to do. Come on. I'll stand by your side, but I'm going to get you to the king. Yeah. All right? All the opinions and all. Get me to the king. Somebody needs to say, just get me to the king. God wants us to become so dependent on him that we, we have no other second choice in our minds but God. God is the answer. It said, James 4 and 10, it says, humble yourselves, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord. Now, do you guys see that? 
that's something right there in this day and time. Everybody's looking for significance. Okay, that's our problem. Okay, I should already know through Christ that I'm significant. But we're looking for significance from everybody else. So our value comes in how people applaud us. And I'm telling you, if you, do, if you want man's applause, you will die. Okay, because they'll give it to you one day and they won't the next. The applause of heaven is what you want. To know that you have pleased the Lord through doing what his word says. But he tells you, humble yourselves, feeling very insignificant. When you come before Christ, humble yourself, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord. I'm in the presence of the Lord. And he will, it means don't come all prideful up in God's face. I'm good. I got this. (laughs) I can do, what'd you come for? What did you come for? If you already got it, what did you come for? But that's just that pride that does that to us. And it says he will lift you up and make your lives significant. When we humble ourselves and say, I need you, Lord. Oh, I need you. It says that he will lift you up. It says in the message, get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. In 2 Corinthians, it says, and these scriptures, you guys, as we follow them, they're just telling us it's okay. But he said to me, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Sufficient against any danger, any danger. I want to say the word of God, you guys, we got to hear what it says. Any danger. But that any danger, but that any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully for my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses, glory in my weaknesses. We are ashamed of our weaknesses, ashamed of our affirmities, ashamed to say I had a stroke, ashamed to say I had a heart attack, ashamed to say I've had diabetes, ashamed of those things because I'm a Christian. And because I'm a Christian and I have those things, I feel like that demotes me. But God said glory. Did you hear what I said? God said, ashamed that my marriage is having problems. God God said he took away shame. He took away shame. God, why do we bring it back? Ashamed when your kids aren't doing what you think they should be doing in God. God said, I took away shame. Glory in your infirmities. Come on, glory in my weaknesses. That the strength, see, once we glory, if I keep walking in shame, the strength and the power cannot, that, you can't have shame, guilt, and have glory at the same time. You can't, that's not simultaneous, you can't. The only way you can have glory is to edify God, to lift God up. That's the only way that you can have glory. It says that the strength and power of Christ may rest, yes, may pitch a tent and dwell upon me. We say this all things. I have strength for all things in Christ in Philippians 4 and 13. Who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Now, you guys, I'm almost done and I need y'all to listen. 
Because, you know, sometimes when we hear the music, we're like, it's time for her to end. But I'm not ending until God says so. Okay, because God told me that this morning. Okay, I have to get what God says to get out. I realized that the last time y'all saw me, y'all might not have saw me today. And then when I stand before the Lord, I'm going to be required for what God told me to do. Okay, how he told me to do it. You know, some people have, have been funny and said, Sam gets up here and preaches a quick word and we get out of here early. And I'm so proud of Sam. I'm so glad that that's his anointing. <laughs> but see what I've learned? I got to be me. And I got to do what God says. Because you might be ready to go. Somebody needs to hear this. It's dependent upon their very life. And so I'm learning some things in the hospital. I'm learning, girl, you better do what God said. Because once you're out of here, ain't nobody going to stand before God and say, you know what? I, I wanted her to preach a little less. And that's why she looked at me. And, and so she stopped preaching. And God going to say, I don't care what you did. <laughs> she got an answer for what I told her to do. I need that for all of y'all because some of y'all going to be up here and y'all going to have to do what the Lord says do. And it cannot be motivated by what other people think or feel because we have a mandate over our life and I have to answer to the Lord. It says in Message Bible says, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Being human like Christ meant this. When he went to the disciples, he said this. The works that I do, I do not of myself. But the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. And why we're tired and why we're exhausted is because we're trying to walk human according to how humanity sees human instead of human how Jesus walked. Jesus walked in humanity doing the works of the Father, saying, the works that I do, I don't do it myself. That's why it's not a struggle. That's why it's not, not wearing me out. That's why it's not taking me out. Because the works that I do, I don't do it myself. I don't do it to prove anything. I don't do it because, because it makes me look good. I don't do it because I, I'm just a doer and, 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 and it's fun to do and, and, and it fills my time. He said, the works that I do, I don't do it myself. My reasons are my agenda. The works that I do, I do of the Father that dwelleth in me. He does the works. See, that, see where the energy goes? The energy's off of me, and it's on the Father that dwells in me. The energy's off of me. The struggle's off of me. The tiredness off of me when I let him do the work. Please hear what I'm saying this morning because enemy's wearing us out because we're trying to do the work. We're trying to please somebody. We're, there's just a, a tenacity in us. How many are just busy people? You just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You just do, 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 do. And God said, did I tell you to do that? Did I ask you to do that? God said, uh-uh. It's got to be mandated by the Lord. It's got to be called out by the Lord. It has to be energized by the Lord or it will wear you out. The works that I do, 
He says, walk, walk in your humanity like Jesus walked. He said, I don't take a step without God telling me. I don't go there without God telling me. Remember, people were pulling on him at all times. Come here, come now, come do this, come do that. But Jesus stayed in a place when Lazarus was dying. And he did not move. He didn't let, this was his friend. He just said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I got to get over here to Bethany. I got to get over here and, and, and help Lazarus before he died. He was called to where he was to do what he was in that place. And not until he was finished did he move. Not until he was finished with what the Lord had called him. Remember, we got spiritual assignments. And most of us are doing natural assignments to please natural men. And we are dying on the inside because we're tired instead of doing what God has called us to do to his glory. God wants us to know that he is on our side. It's okay. And even when I'm saying, he said, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to say no. It's okay. You guys hear, hear me. Okay. If you don't hear the spirit of the Lord in me, it's okay. It's okay to say, I can't do it today. It's okay. Now I'm not talking about crazy stuff. I'm not talking about, you know, somebody going to say, okay, you're going to see a different me. I ain't coming to church next Sunday. I ain't talking about stuff like that. I'm not talking about our flesh doing that crazy stuff that we do. I'm not talking about that. I'm, 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 come on, let's stay in the spiritual mindset. Let's stay in going where God wants us to do, doing what God wants us to do. Not the flesh that calls us into all insanity. I'm saying it's okay, though. I'm not okay. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. This blow has hit me, and it. I'm trying to recover. I'm trying to, but Lord, I haven't recovered yet. It's okay to tell. It's okay to say I need some help. It's okay to say help me. It's it's o- it's okay to not be okay, you guys. It's okay not to perpetrate. It's okay to take your mask off. It's okay to ba- have a bad hair day. It's okay. We just keep trying to prove ourselves and prove ourselves, prove ourselves that we're okay. God said, I'm not interested in that outside facade. I'm interested in your heart. Is it well with your soul? I'm asking you today, is it well with your soul? Are, are you sitting up here and, and I'm in the house of the Lord because sometimes I'm in the house of the Lord because somebody's going to see me not here and they're going to wonder where I'm at and they, all that crazy stuff that we go through. No, it's okay. Do not be okay. But you know how you know you do it godly? There's a God, there's an inner knowing this. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay. Remember what he said, but without sin. <laughs> it's okay to be angry, but sin not. So do you guys understand what I'm saying? It's well, How you know it's the devil is he won't let you have a godly response right. to your un- okayness. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to be mad at Pastor David. I'm not okay. I'm mad. I'm not okay. And I'm not talking to him. And I'm not. That's no. 
that's an ungodly response. And that lets you know that the spirit that's trying to defeat you is really trying to defeat you. It's okay, Pastor David. Right, today, me and you, I just need to pray. I don't just ignore him, slam a door, go in the room. I'm, so, you know, things that we've talked about is still resting on my, on my heart. And, and, and I'm not okay with that conversation. I just need to go pray with, pray. I just need to go in the room and pray. Now he knows where I'm at. You know, you know what I'm saying? But what we do sometimes is l- allow the enemy, the enemy, we won't say nothing. We don't say anything. We just, we're uh, okay. We get funky attitude. We get nasty. We get, vi- you know, away, walk away. And, and remember, now you're in the devil's ca- camp right there. Now you're in the devil's camp. But it's okay to be okay and say, I'm not okay. I'm, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend you today, but I'm not, we can't talk about, somebody come up and say, let's have a word, we need to have a word, I need to talk to you. It's okay, I don't want to talk right now. Mm. It's okay. okay. It, but come back later. Not like, I don't want to talk right now, and I don't want to talk about that, and I'm not, when the Bible tells us to go to, you know, we got to get it together one day, you're going to have to get it right, because God said, if you know something's wrong, get up from the altar and go get it right. So you got to get it right one day. But today, right now, right now, at this moment, it's okay to say that I can't talk right now. I'm going to pray, and then we'll be able to talk to what Do you guys understand? There's a godly way of responding that doesn't leave you in the devil's playground where he can play and knock you out and knock you out and knock you out. It's okay. It's okay. Ain't no shame in letting go. And I love that part that said this. I'm on my last two verses, y'all. He said, love leaves room for you. Love leaves room. If I, I want everybody in here to hear this so we can walk this out. Love leaves room for you to say it's not okay. I'm not okay. I don't want to. Love, if, if, if Amanda comes to me and says, Pastor Linda, I, I don't, I can't talk about that right now. I don't, I don't want to talk about right now. I'm praying. Love leaves room for her to say that to me mm-hmm. and for me to receive it yes. and for me to love her anyway right. and me to honor her no. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Love leaves room for us to say, I'm not okay. <laughs> it's when we get really mad because somebody's not okay and we're just like, why are you not okay? And Come here. I, I need to know why. I'm good for that one. I need to know why you're not okay. What's going on with you're not okay? And we don't realize what's going on is that there's a tumultuous, not peaceful thing that the enemy can, it's okay for you not to be okay. And that does, okay, you not being okay doesn't mean that you hate me or that you don't, it's, it's, I'm just not okay right now. And for me to go pray and, 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 and it's okay. It doesn't demote us. It does see a lot of times if you're not okay with me, then some I take it something's wrong with me. Yeah. Do you guys understand that? Well, some anybody that's really kind of like dealt with me, they'll know. I usually say, "What did I do? Did I do anything? <laughs> did I do something wrong?" The first thing is I'm seriously like, "What did I do? Oh my God, what did I do? How, why come they don't?" And God is like, "It's okay. Look how much freedom that is. It's okay." 
Now, remember, sometimes we can say it's okay, and the other person, the receiver, when you go, it's okay, the receiver got to be willing, <laughs> if they said it, they got to be willing not to turn around and say, they don't even care nothing about me. Here, here I am, you know, they didn't even come see, they didn't call me, they didn't even see. No, if you say that, it's okay. It's okay. Love makes room for you to say you're not okay. So the end of this is Hebrews 4 and 16. It says, so let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Because it's okay. That we may obtain mercy and find grace. That we might obtain mercy and find grace. That's why we're coming to this, not boldly like, like this, but with confidence. Let's come with confidence. That, Daddy, I can tell you anything. Daddy, I can tell you just how I'm feeling. Daddy, I can tell you that I'm not there. I'm overwhelmed. I, I, I'm not on top of the world today. Daddy, I can, t- I can have confidence that I can tell you that. You're not going to write me off. <laughs> you're, you're not disappointed in me, but you understand that. And it says, and I will obtain grace. Grace is divine ability to do whatever it is that we need. When we come boldly with confidence, confidence before the throne of grace, we get the divine ability to do whatever it is that we need to do. And it says help in the time of need. In the Amplified, it says, let us then fearlessly, confidently, and boldly draw near. Oh, you guys, please don't let the enemy steal your nearness to God. Please don't let him keep telling you that he did something or he didn't handle something or he didn't fix it. And now you don't, you come timidly, you, you come to the, not with confidence in the one that you're, t- you don't have any confidence because he didn't fix that. He, you know how we are with our husband. If they didn't handle something, then, then now we're a little more timid about asking them to do something. And we don't know sometimes what they might have had something. Let's say Pastor David said, I'm going to fix the door. But he's been over helping my dad, and he hasn't been able to fix the door. I'm looking at the door saying, he ain't got that. I ain't asking him nothing else. He ain't fixed the door. But I ain't realized that he's been doing things that hasn't given him the opportunity to, to uh, fix that door. Well, sometimes God is doing things in you that needs to be done more than the thing you're asking for. You're asking for something. God said, but you need patience. So I got I to gotta hold off a little while here. Oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming to meet you. But it's coming to meet your patience that I'm provoking in you by holding back on this. Let's go confidently and boldly. Draw near to the stone of grace. And then I like the message. It says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. And get what he is so ready. This is another area that lets us know what the enemy's trying. Get what he's so ready to give. God's so ready to give us help. He's so ready to give us strength. He's so ready to give us. He's ready to give it if we don't allow the enemy to steal our trust. It says so. Let's walk right up to him like little children. Little children ask you for anything. They'll ask you for any and look at you like and give it to me. We start going, God, please, please, I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if you didn't do that, so I don't know if you're going to do this, and I don't know if I did. God said, no, let's walk boldly. And if you're feeling bad about God, 
God said, it's okay. I can handle it. I might not can't handle you saying I can't stand you. You getting on my nerves. I don't. God said, ain't nothing you can say that he can't handle, that he doesn't already know. So when you go up to him and be boldly, Lord, see, the enemy makes us afraid, and I'm in on this. My daughter, Naomi, when I grew up, I was my dad was someone that disciplinarian in my life, and I knew what lines not to cross with my dad. And I knew, you know, if I did, if my dad gave me a look, we was going to get a whooping. That meant I was in trouble if I said the wrong thing. So my daughter, Naomi, she cracks me up with my dad because she just, she's just Naomi. And so she walks in and she just says things that makes me want to pass out. And so she, she just says anything to her granddad. You know, she's just talking things that I would never, ever say. And I'm not like cussing or anything, but just things about life that I just would never say in that way. And so Naomi would say things and I'd be like, and so then I say, one day I told her, I said, Nene, you better watch. Granddad looks like he's okay with it, but I know granddad. I said, one day he, he might just reach up and pop you. And this is what my, my daughter said. She goes, Mama, I know my granddad. Don't you be trying to make me scared of my granddad? Me and my granddad have a relationship. Don't put your relationship on me. She said, this is me and my granddad's relationship. He is not going to. I thought to myself, now, how come we can't be that way about our father? The enemy tells us a whole bunch of stuff when we walk up to our God. You better not say that. Remember, he didn't do that last time. He doesn't really love you. He's disappointed. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves. We need to say, devil, <laughs> don't you tell me that about my God. Me and my God. See, our problem is we need to really have a good relationship. Naomi knows she got a relationship with her granddad like that. I have a relationship with my God. This is how me and my God relate. This is how me and my God, don't you try to make me scared of my God. And it's okay. It's okay to let him know I'm not okay. It's okay. You guys stand up. We can stand. Take me to the king. How many are exhausted with strength in these, just, do you understand? I know you, I need those that are exhausted with strength just to come right now in the name of Jesus. Exhausted with strength. It's okay. It's okay. Juneteenth, I know many people don't know what Juneteenth is. Let me give you a second so you can understand. What Juneteenth is in uh, June 19th. It's okay to. All right, in, 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 in 1865, everybody was supposed to be free, but there was uh, the some people who didn't know they were free. It's okay. In I Texas, the people in Texas, the they, they, they didn't know slavery was leave over, so there everybody's alone. not free, then nobody's right? free, amen. Take me to the king, lay me at the And throne. so on July 4th, leave me there, there were certain alone. people who could not celebrate it's independence. It's okay. His strength is the strength you want to walk in. His strength is the strength you want to be infused with. His strength is the strength that you want to be glorified. Not you, but his strength. 
and it's okay. You guys, some, sometimes that's the thing that we're taking from the world as the body of believers. The world already is struggling to be strong, right? But then they come and find us still struggling to be strong because we haven't just laid it down. Here, God, it's okay. Tell them, girl, take it to God. Let him know you can't do it. Let him know you can't handle it. Let him know you're not over it. Let him know you're overwhelmed. And it's no shame. It's okay. And so, Lord, I pray for these that are on the altar. It's okay. Oh, Father, they have so many things, God. They are royal ambassadors, moms, and and, and, and employees, and friends. And and God, so many things touching their lives, oh, God. And and in our minds, it is that we would would show strength. We would show strength. We want to show strength to our daughters. We want to show strength to our friends. We want to show strength. We want to show. But God said, just let us be. Sometimes it's more strength to say, I'm not okay (laughs) than it is to try to be okay. I'm not okay. And it's all right to be not okay as long as you drag your unokay self to the to the throne of grace. Do you see what I'm saying? It's okay if you drag your unokay, your your overwhelmed. Just don't let the enemy get you in your own little corner in your own little chair saying, I'm not I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. No. Pick up your unokay self, your overwhelmed self, your hurting self, your fed up self, your through self. God said pick it up and carry it to my throne of grace. And come Confidently come and say, God, I'm not okay. I'm hurting. I'm done. I'm fed up. I'm through. And let God strengthen you. He will give you strength that remains. Strength that remains. Not in and out strength, but he said, I'll give you strength that remains. Because we can keep on coming to God. See, we, we don't just come to God one time and say, I'm overwhelmed. And, and God, what we do is I've been here five times. God said, keep on coming. Keep on coming. Keep on bringing your heart to me. Keep on bringing your pain. He said, I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up and you'll have strength for today. I'll pick you up and you'll have strength. The day you say, I don't need strength for tomorrow is when you mess up. I got strength for today. I'm going to need strength for tomorrow. I'm bringing myself back to you over and over and over and over and over. And I'm not ashamed to bring myself back to you. I'm not ashamed coming up to this altar. I'm not ashamed if I have to come for the rest of my life till I see you, Jesus. I'm not ashamed. Oh, I pray so hard for you. When I was sitting in that chair, I prayed so hard for the body of Christ. God said, I see you and I know you and it's okay. It's okay. You've been smiling. But I see your heart crying. I see your heart crying. And it's thank you, baby. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay, honey. I'm not okay with that. You can say, I'm not okay with that. (laughs) It's okay. And God said, it's okay to cry out to him. Cry. Okay, 
It's a, do you know there's a prophet in the Bible that's called the weeping prophet? <laughs> and I know he got on a lot of people's nerves because they just wanted Jeremiah to stop crying. You know how we stop your crying. But you know where he cried? He didn't cry out to man. He cried out to God. And every time he cried, he met God who said what? God didn't say quit your crying. God said I'm taking every one of your tears. And I'm placing them in a bottle. And I see every not one of your tears have escaped me or goes in vain. It's okay. Lord, I pray for them this I pray for Naisha. I pray for Naisha. Naisha, it's okay. It hurts. Life hurts, baby. I pray for you. Rejection hurts. All that kind of, it hurts. But remember your Jesus? He said, I was rejected, Naisha. I know today, nobody else might know what it's about. But Naisha, I know what it's about. I know what it's about to love somebody with all your heart. And they don't love you back. Naisha, I know. I know and I'm with you. I'm with you. And I love you more than anybody ever could or would. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. We just love God today. Don't we love him today? Because he said it's okay. He knows what it's like to be lonely. He knows what it's like to be without someone. He knows what it's like when you keep trying over and over and keep falling down. and keep. He says, I know what it's like. It's okay. It's okay. And what I need you guys to do, because the enemy wants to try to mess me up, but let's do that really quick. I just need you to stand before me, because what he's, I can't, I'm looking at y'all, and names are just escaping me. But God knows who you are. Little baby played this one, God knows my name, okay? So when I point, y'all just come, so the enemy ain't going to wear on me this morning. Come on, here we go. I need to go. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now. It's okay. You look at me. It's okay to be okay, to be not okay with things. It's okay when things hurt. 